fellow citizens, it has come to your attention to my benevolent administration that the Football World Cup has taken place. This ties in with my plans for world domination. During the final, my loyal followers will coat the match ball with a fast-acting hallucinogenic coating. Before long, all the players will be tripping and the game will be suspended. It will be then that I make my announcement to the masses. In order for the match to continue and the antidote to be administered, the football-watching hordes must yield to my gentle but firm rule. Allow me to take control of football or definitely not be coming home. Here endeth my address. listeners one and all to this the latest in a long line of staggering stories podcast i'm crumbly i'm adam and i'm keith just plain and simple we are halved we are yeah we are. uh fake keith at the moment is probably somewhere in the train between Sh- uh, shoreham and crawley so i may never actually see her ever again probably not <laughs> yeah oh, bless I think they're splitters. They've gone off and they're doing their own road podcast. Quite possible. Alas, alas, no Scott. Yeah, him and Gene are still... um, At it. ...doing whatever they were doing last time. (laughs) Robbing baby. No, no. (laughs) No, no, don't go there. Don't go there. So it's just the core team. It's just Mm. us. Yes. Pure and simple. Aye. Oh, dear. We muddle through. Yes. As we always do. It's going to be a quick one. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night and God bless. (laughs) Anyway, without further ado, presidential mandates beside, it's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news. New composer named. All right. Yes. Murray Gold may not be dead, though who's to say for sure? Mm. But his replacement has been announced. And now apologies. Segan Akinola. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. Segan Akinola, Segan Akinola, I don't know. Well, I I apologise now if I've pronounced it wrong and I'm quite sure people out there will correct me. Yes, Akinoa is taking the mantle of the Doctor Who composer for the upcoming season 11, providing incidental music for 10 episodes and a new variation on the famous theme. Ooh, theme tune. The theme tune, yes. Akinola has previously scored such films as Dear Mr. Shakespeare, A Moving Image, Clark's Just Imagine, and numerous documentaries, including Shaun the Sheep, movie Green Light to Opening Night, (laughs) The Human Body, Secrets of Your Lift Revealed. It should be life. (laughs) Okay. The the Human Body, Secrets of Your Life Revealed, (laughs) Expedition Volcano, Wonders of the Moon, and Black and British, A Forgotten History. Mm. New Doctor Who Supremo, Chris Chibnall, or Chibbers, said... Welcome to the Doctor Who family, Sagan Akinola. We have... Leave Nikas there. No. (laughs) Sagan... 
wherever the moon seekers agreed to join us to provide the score for the next phase of the Doctor Who adventure. From our very first conversations, it was obvious Sigan was a passionate, collaborative and delightful human being, as well as a fantastic and bold composer. Well, from the first conversation, yeah. Yeah. Mm. We're looking forward to introducing the world to his exciting and emotional soundtracks for the 13th Doctor. Mm. The BAFTA recognised Akinola remarked, Doctor Who is woven into the fabric of British culture and recognised globally. I am absolutely thrilled to be given the privilege of working on such a beloved series and to bring my musical voice to it. Mm. I, I've got to admit, I loved Murray Gold. I did love Murray Gold, but it would be interesting to see what twists this yeah. new guy mm. puts on it. How different will he be? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We shall find out in a oh. few months. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> October Indeed, sometime. Yes. October. Hmm. Tortured. Oh, yeah. Series 6 coming. Ooh. Audio Mongers Big Finish continue the fever to pumping out of their creative juices Eef. in audio play form, now bringing us a sixth season of Tortured. Hot on the heels of the official continuation of the TV series with Tortured, Aliens Among Us, now be prepared for the new 12 episode series of Tortured, God Among Us. Oh, mm. I've noticed a theme. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Among Us, yes. Mm. Series producer James Goss said. We had such a great reaction to Series 5. It's been a delight getting the cast back together to do more. Now things are established, the stores are more standalone. Seeing Torchwood face some tough challenges. A plague of sleep, a city that goes blind. Organising a funeral, and there's an alien god to deal with. Mm. Yeah, I, I do misread that as sheep. Yeah, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a plague, a of, plague sheep. of sheep. Sorry, sorry. The three box sets release in October 2018, February 2019, and June 2019. Mm. Mm. I haven't heard the final part of uh, Aliens Among Us yet. But it's quite good. Uh, they brought in a whole new load of characters, yeah. of course, because there so, wasn't any left to torture. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean. I, I haven't. It's not that like I haven't wanted to, but I haven't listened to any Torchwood simply because they started off as talking books, and I'm not mm -hmm. too interested in the talking books. But now they've gone to full cast. Yeah, even the the monthlies are the limited cast, but they yeah. are proper yeah. audio plays. Yeah. Anyway, Harlan Ellison dead. Science fiction writer and legal enthusiast Harlan Ellison has stepped out in front of the car of death, <laughs> aged eighty-four. Adam <laughs> Ellison is perhaps best known for writing likes of Star Trek's The City and the Edge of Forever. Apparently, he didn't like City of the Edge of Forever because it got rewritten. Yeah, it did get mm. rewritten quite a lot. I think moment. he. I think he actually. Uh, Threatened to sue. Yeah, well, that's that's him right down the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he didn't take his name off it critically. No, he did regularly change his name to somebody else mm, in the credits right. if he didn't yeah. like what. Yeah, but better. there again, I mean, the outstanding thought uh, memory I have of City on the Edge of Forever is what Joan Collins said about William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, she said he was the most arrogant man she's ever worked with. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how uh, she managed to kiss him, I really don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's called acting, dear boy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Probably got paid mm, a fair mm. amount of money back. Then. Uh, also, he wrote various episodes of The Outer Limits, mm -hmm. The Twilight Zone, Ooh. and numerous short stories, and also acted as creative consultant for Babylon 5. Mm. He famously successfully sued Orion Pictures over the similarities between James Cameron's The Terminator and his Outer Limits episode Soldier, gaining writing credits on the film, and no doubt a nice bit of dash. <laughs> uh, and he died in 
died in his sleep. Mm. I think he also played uh, a backup computer in Babylon 5. He did. He? Yeah. Uh, he played Sparky, the computer in Babylon 5. Yes, he appeared Sparky. as a psychop in the background in one oh, of the episodes. Oh, that's right. Oh. Forgive me there. if I'm wrong, but Babylon 5, I think, is the only show he didn't sue. Probably, yeah. 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 <laughs> he and the JMS remained great friends till the yeah. end. Yeah. Definitely passing a, a bit of a legend, that guy. Oh, yes, definitely. Particularly in the legal field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A whole wing devoted to him. Yeah, he took several people and companies to court over, yeah. <laughs> over the years. Yeah. Uh, I, I have an addendum. Ooh, lay, lay them on us. Yes. Back, back to the audio mongers. Oh, yeah. Big audio mongers, yes. They are bringing out Star Trek. Prometheus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I saw that. This is a talking book. The, as far as I can ascertain, mm-hmm. it, it is a talking book. It's oh, only right. one credit. It's, it's so, not audio plays, then? Not audio plays. Mm. But it, it's based on the uh, Starship Prometheus as seen in the Voyager episode. It's Prometheus. weird. Yeah, I was looking at this, so apparently there's a, a bunch of German novels yeah. which are based on this ship, and they've been translated into English and condensed. Mm-hmm. For these audios, so there's books. a look. I, I'm just wondering how well this has gone on behind the scenes, knowing Paramount or Paramount or CBS recently. Well, it's confusing. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paramount, CBS is a bit. Of- and also for how long they'll be able to, uh, how long they'll be able to do this, because Paramount or CBS are notorious for going. Yes, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. You've done brilliantly with it. We're taking back the license now. <laughs> for years, it was Simon and Schuster, wasn't it? Yeah, they had the license mm-hmm. for Star Trek books. Yeah. A couple of decades or yeah. so, and that included audiobook versions. Yeah. So I don't know how this plays into that. Yeah, but the legal system it is very dicey. Yeah, maybe there. it's done on a per franchise basis. So DS9, Next Could Gen, be. Original Trek. So maybe this falls out of the scope of the contract they have yeah. with Simon and Schuster. Well, well like I said, the Starship Prometheus was first seen under the Voyager license because there was a whole episode with the Holodoc yeah. appearing on Prometheus. As far as I can recall, uh, with regards to Simon and Schuster, there are various series of Star Trek novels like The New Frontier I mean I don't think that was published by them oh really okay uh, and um, a few of the, uh, the original Star Trek novels yeah so obviously yeah. in this country it used to be Titan that used, used to, to, Titan yeah. used to repack it to Re-pri- reprint yeah them. reprint for the UK yeah. so watch this space yeah it sounds a lot like what they did with Stargate yeah but there they got recognisable names they got names from the series yeah and yeah it was the characters from the series yeah in the stories but yeah we shall see and your other addendum? Oh, uh, allegedly, this one's a little bit more nebulous, but allegedly at the moment we are going to be getting a Christmas episode. Yeah, at least one person has put on their CV there working on the Christmas episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Hmm? Whether that's part of the 10 or an addition to the, the 10. Yeah, yeah. It's, is, is that coming off of season 12 budget or would it be... It could just be the 10th episode. Yeah. Mm. If they time it right, if it's latish October, yeah. by the time they yeah. get to episode it's 10, possible, it's yeah. going to be pretty much Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So, so remains to be seen. It does, it does. I have an addendum. Oh, right, yeah. His Dark Materials. Oh, yeah. Karen mentioned earlier that she was reading one of the Phil Pullman novels on the last podcast, mm-hmm. and it looks like there is going to be a new TV production. I think we actually mentioned it briefly. I think we did, On yeah. the last podcast, but there's a little bit more information has leaked out. Yep. It's filming in Oxford mm-hmm. and stars James McAvoy. Ooh. Okay, with hair. Yeah, with hair. I'm going to have trouble pronouncing this one. Define Keen. Daphne. Yeah, Daphne. Daphne? Mm. Are you sure? Okay. Daphne Keen, 
Logan's X-23, mm-hmm. and Clark Peters, a great American character actor who's been in everything. Okay, I probably recognise him, but I don't recognise the name. Yep, and it's being made by Bad Wolf Productions, hmm. ah. the company formed by Julie Gardner and Jane Tranter, who have also just made a series based on Deborah Harkness's A Discovery of Witches. I think I've just seen a trailer for this. Oh, Discovery okay. of Witches somewhere, hmm. which is coming to Sky late 2018. Starring Alex Kingston, oh. Sophia Miles, wow. Lindsay Duncan, wow. Matthew Goody, Trevor Eve, mm. and a host of other familiar names. Yes, oh. heck of a lot of names, isn't there? <laughs> mm. Okay, so thank you to Ian for that addendum. Yep, yep. Mm. I was trying to sneak it in as my own, but actually, yeah. yes, it was <laughs> Ian's. Yes, we have another one from Ian. Oh, yeah. Ian. The Coming of the Martians, a.k.a. The War of the Worlds. Hopefully it'll be a session in the right century in the right country. Well, <laughs> A new audio production starring Colin Morgan, Merlin, humans, mm-hmm. Dan Starkey, mm-hmm. Olivia, Olivia Poulet, The Thick of It, and it's mm-hmm. directed by Lisa Berman. Mm-hmm. Written by Nick Scavell, oh, wow. who was yeah. responsible for the staged versions of both Power and Evil of the Daleks, amongst yeah, others. Indeed, indeed. Though it's been adapted various times over yeah. the years in all manner of formats... This audio drama promises to be faithful to the original book about bloody time (laughs) and is being released in various formats, CD, download, pretty book and USB. It's out at the end of July. Mm, Okay. Look forward to listening. Sherwood Sound Studios. I hadn't heard of that Mm. previously. I've been hoping and praying for a version of War of the Worlds that is actually set on Horsall Common <laughs> at the end of the 19th century. I mean, Aren't the BBC doing one? I think they were. I haven't heard a lot about it recently. Oh, it's yeah. got seemed to have gone quiet, so I'm not sure. Maybe they're in post-production. Right? It could be. Mm. It could be. It's just they, they don't seem to be shouting about it at the moment. Well, same about Doctor <laughs> Yeah. Apart from new composer we haven't heard very much for a long time. True, yeah. I'm not denying that. Mm. Any other addendums? No, I don't think we have any more addendums on that one. We are addendumed out. Aye, aye. End of the news. Well, it's a quick one. Well, there's not a lot of us people here to sort of mullet over and... Mullet. 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 And and, and Mm. go down left fields and then include (laughs) something that has absolutely nothing to do with this. Like Big Finish is also producing... Callum. uh, Callum. Yeah. Starring uh, two well-known faces, uh, Ben Miller and Frank Skinner, I believe. Blimey. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, not Ben Miller, is it? I think it is. Mm. Isn't Ben Miller the guy from uh, Primeval? That's right, yes. Yeah, it's not part. him. It's, uh, All right. <laughs> ben Miles, isn't it? Ben, uh, I could be Ben Miles, I'm willing yeah, to admit. I think it's Ben Miles. But, but I do know it, it's going to be uh, Frank Skinner as Lonely. Yeah, Frank Skinner Lonely. And uh, Nick Briggs playing Hunter, is it? I don't the know. other character. I don't, I don't know Callum very well. I've got I don't, a, yeah, I don't know Callum. I've got it on DVD, but I've yet to watch it. Mm. Thus endeth the news. Yes. We have been listening to stuff, ladies and gentlemen. We yes. have indeed. Yes. Intently. Mm. What have we been listening to? Oh, what's it called? Uh, the Nasty Person? <laughs> the Naughty One? I'm getting there. Yeah. The man who stood in the corner because he'd been bad and had to think about what he'd done. <laughs> we have been listening to... The Evil One! Doctor Who! Yes. Pause for music. Right.
right, more big finish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, third series of the fourth Doctor. Yep, with Leela again. With Leela. Was she in the second one, or was that? No, that was Romana one. Mary Tam, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, very briefly, they arrive on a ship where which is empty. Mm, Mary Celeste yes. empty of everything, nothing in the cargo hold, which yep. is meant to be full. Leela has been having odd dreams where she's <laughs> misremembering her past. Yes. Yeah. Especially her father. Especially her father, yes. Uh, They find out that all the crew and the passengers have been reduced to their carponent molecules mm, dust. And, and, and are vigorously spread about the, sh- the ship. Mm. That they, are, they are taking up a, a new life and gritting paths. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? They have electronic insects, sort of robotic-looking yeah, insects. They're like sort of metallic praying mantises. Yes, yeah, that are, are behind the scenes, sort of manipulating the circumstances. But behind them <laughs> is someone else. Mm. <laughs> and on then, the front cover, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, Leela starts to believe that she's actually someone who's called the evil the one, evil one, yes. and is working for Zoanan. Yeah, an agent, not a god, but an agent called Zoanan to hunt down and eliminate the Doctor because the Doctor's nasty. Mm. That's basically it in a nutshell, as far as I can remember. Pretty much, it's good casting. Not not a mm. big cast. No, you basically have the Doctor. Leela, the master, yeah. and uh, Villa. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not a million miles away from Villa. No, no. <laughs> and uh, a few... Michael Keating. Hmm, a a Keating, few... Yes. Uh, who was it, Mr. Mr. Keating? Yep, yep, Michael Keating. Uh, Michael yeah, Keating. Yep. Uh, Calvert, that's what yes. you yes. And, um... He was very good in it. A few alien... I didn't recognise his, his voice, I've got to admit. But there Michael again, Keating? Yeah. But oh, there I again, it, did. But there again, it has been a number of years since I've heard him. Yeah, I've heard him in... Big Finish, Blake Seven stuff, yeah. fairly recently, and he he's got a slightly different voice here to his, his Villa voice, but yeah. it's still recognisably him to me at least. Well, uh, it's again the, the the master is hiding behind another sort of disguise and mm, pseudo yes. name, Mister Effendi, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> or Inspector. It's Inspector Effendi, mm. yeah, Turkish for master apparently. Yes, uh, yeah. Although quite how that works with translation, I don't know. Maybe names don't get translated. What I, <laughs> I what I would like, and I would have loved them to have done this during the per week era is is they turn round and say it's uh mr salakar salakar good grief it's the master how do you know well obviously salakar is Santaran for the master <laughs> yeah. don't they teach you anything in this school yeah it's a bit of a yeah. dead giveaway there yeah. Yeah. yeah i know it's probably a play on words because he knows the doctor's in there but it, why is it always an earth version for the master mm, why can't yeah. it be an alien yeah it would just be a nice little yeah but there again it means that the master is very much like the doctor in, in the yeah. fact that he has an affin- well, well, not an affinity for Earth, but as I say, sort of a connection. I think I think he has an affinity and connection to Earth because the Doctor has an affinity mm, and connection, that's it, to- yeah. and he likes to sort of twist the knife in. Mm-hmm. But I, I would just, you know, it's just a little joke. But I would liked it to be a different language or an alien language, should I say? Mm. But anyway, all throughout the episode, I means all you can see Leela's identity slipping away. Yeah, as she becomes the evil one. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a slightly it's taken things that are based in her past, but. Mm. As, screwed them yeah turned them around 180 degrees yeah mm, to the point where she must kill the doctor yeah. the doctor mm-hmm. is evil yeah mm. the test of water and deliberately throwing her father into it and uh um yeah. working for zoanon instead of the god being zoanon mm. um the the master is not the crispy master but <laughs> the uh uh the um keeper of Traken master 
Yeah. I think it's certainly after the Crispy, crispy Master, because mm, yeah. one, it's, the diff, it's a different actor. I think it's meant to be the same one. So uh, yeah, I, I think this is meant to be, bef- from his point of view, before Deadly Assassin. But so he, he degrades into that and then somehow comes back out the other side. Mm, right. I think, maybe. There's a whole complicated... Yeah. Uh, well, so I, so this, mean, this is before sort of Tremus and... Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's, I definitely it's, it's definitely that. before Tremus, yeah. but I, I got the impression watching the show mm-hmm. is the Crisp, Crispy Master <laughs> and Truck and Master were two distinct incarnations. I, he got a regeneration, but it was only the one regeneration oh, not uh okay. that was the impression that i got from the show i could be completely mm. wrong I i've always assumed he he tried to repair himself somewhat but had only got so far with it yeah mm. i don't know yeah i mean i suppose that's the reason why he took over tremus in the first place yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah he he was out of bodies oh good grief so yeah. he got the the energy for he got from deadly assassin either as you say extended that one's life mm-hmm. i got the impression it may have triggered in regeneration but Either way. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? either way. I'm sure there's explanations out there somewhere. Yeah, it gets quite twisty and turny, like like the uh, Valyard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> more complicated because this master keeps turning up with all the incarnations of yeah. Doctor in Big Finish now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, he's been around a bit. There's some are implied to be after Ainley, maybe? It's, uh, I'm not even yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, very confusing. Don't look at it too closely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does uh, play it brilliantly. I do mm, like him. Oh, oh yeah. He's, um, he's much more Delgado-ish. He, he's, oh, yeah, he's oily. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't think he's got the charm of Delgado. No. But he's not quite as... Panto. Uh, yeah, he's not <laughs> quite as panto and, oh, and as nutty as Ainley. <laughs> yeah. There is... But he's probably more incompetent than any of them. <laughs> Possibly, He does yeah. seem to forever be slippy up on his own particular hoist on his own petard. yeah and his own plans yeah again here yeah perfect example at the end of this one his allies turn on him yeah yeah <laughs> with using utilizing technology you get the feeling that he's given them yeah the te- telepathic booster which that confused me slightly because leela began to get the dreams before we'd actually met them hmm I suppose it's not mentioned, but it's probably been projected into the time vortex. He would have already met her in the first season. Right. Stegron. The, the Stegrons? It's the, the last two episodes. The one, I haven't heard those. Okay. And, and the, the ones from Android Invasion. The little oh, rhino yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. They turn up again in the first season with the master. So uh, technically, if you follow Big Finish chronology. <laughs> yeah, which is tough. yeah. <laughs> Bear with me. If you follow Big mm. Finish chronology, they've already met. It's a bit easier with the fourth Doctor and much of the eighth Doctor because they are released in some chronological order. Yeah. But the other Doctors is all over the shop. Yeah, it, it, oh, yeah, it bounces <laughs> back and forward all over, over the place. Yeah. There's a, a project going on on uh, the role-playing where they're trying to do the non-canon adventures. Oh, good luck. And they're, they're, yeah, they're, good they're sort of listing everything. That's including books, comics, mm. Big Finish, the whole... Yeah, Big Finish, how many are there? A month? Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. Grief, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it started back... Back in 2013, and they've only just hit the fifth Doctor. Oh, so, grief. <laughs> anyway, we're digressing. Yeah. Uh, on the whole, like the energy of the Daleks, it's not a fantastic story, but it's 
a nice way to spend mm, an afternoon. Yes. I wandered around nice Tesco's. Way to spend an hour. Yeah, yes. I, I wandered around Tesco's doing a bit of shopping. Okay. Lis- listening to this. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good listen. But yeah, it's fake Keith who suggested this one. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why. It's, it's good, but I wouldn't say it's wholly remarkable. No. Mm. Who's suspicious by her absence? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a listenable episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. good to have Leela as central yes. plot yeah, take, driving yeah, element. Taking some of the yeah. action away from the doctor. It, it, it is a oh. Leela pit. The, the doctor mm. more or less appears as her companion. Yeah, to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah, and as I say in the bits at the end, companions back in those days were underwritten badly. Oh God, oh, yes, good grief, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Perhaps Leela wasn't quite as bad as some of them. Yeah, <laughs> they, they used to have a very good first episode and a very good last ep- uh, episode. Maybe but, if they got the last episode. Or yeah, if they got doesn't vanish. Yeah, <laughs> but on, on the whole, they they were just there days. for who, mm. who, how, what. Yeah. yeah, sort of harking back to the documentary more than 30 years in the TARDIS. I mean, the role of the Doctor and uh, sort of where uh, Leela is concerned, I mean, she's very much a Henry Higgins you know, type yeah. character. That was the idea, but it really yeah. came across. Yeah. Uh, I think Leela was a bit too assertive and sort of too self-confident to uh, readily sort of fall into that role of being his student. Maybe. I think they do a much better job in Big Finish. Yeah. That They've definitely gone for that, haven't they? they that's yeah. the way they've taken the Play, relationship. Playing that line up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah much more than they did in the programme. Oh, God, yeah. Where Tend to be the doctor just saying stop killing people. Or <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> the only the only time that actually appeared was talents where he, he took her back yes. to show her how her ancestors. Yeah, but then we got involved in the rat and. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. on the whole, else? on the whole, I would yeah listen to it. It's a good way to spend about an, it's about an hour. Mm-hmm. Isn't about it? an hour. That's Two right. episodes. Mm-hmm. About an hour. Yep, yep. And yeah. it is always good to hear old uh, Michael Keating. Yes. Dear listeners, we have a new and very riveting game for you. Ooh. Mm. Not ripped off from anywhere else. Oh, no, of course. No, 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 no. What is it? What is this edifying game called? We're calling it The Recasting Couch. Oh, fanar, fanar. In this very first edition of The Recasting Couch, we are turning our Tender mercies. George Stein. Mm. To James Cameron's The Terminator. Oh, was it, uh, was it James Cameron, the f- yeah, first Terminator? James Cameron's the first Terminator. Oh, yeah, right. Harlan Ellison. Yeah, I was going to say, as, <laughs> as written by Harlan Ellison. <laughs> Soldier, wasn't it? Yep. And our choice of an Oscar-winning lead character, a popcorn, easy on the eye, popular, character. popular character, and the third selection being what the... F- yep. Yeah. Okay. So, who'd like to kick this off? Okay, okay. So, what are we going to do? Are we going to start with uh, the categories or we'll start with the characters? I, I think we'll start with the characters. Mm. Okay, yes. so, yeah. Sarah Connor, then? Uh, yeah. She's the lead. Yeah. What What have you for your prestige, your Oscar bait? My Oscar bait? Yes, for Sarah Connor. Uh, Thandie Newton. Thandie Newton. Mm. That name sounds familiar. I can't place it. Uh, Westworld. Westworld in most... Oh, it's mm. Maeve, isn't it? Notably recently, yeah. Mm. yeah although yes. so much more beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm, James yes. Bond and yeah, a few other things as well, yes. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I can, I can see that. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. yeah. She's definitely got that prestige thing oh. going. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar bait. Mm. Yeah. Oh, good grief, yeah. For, for myself, I've decided I'm going to go for gold, pull out all the stops. For Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. yep. we're going to go for Meryl Streep. Oh, I got 
got Meryl Streep as well. <laughs> really? <laughs> you, see, you see, we're going for the Oscar bait. This is it. Oh, what is it? Sophie's Choice mm, and things yes. like that. You know, she is... Yeah, and the French Oscar, lieutenant's woman. Yes, Oscar's Oscar material. Mm, yeah. yeah, maybe. Oh. <laughs> OK, um, we're going to go for... Um, the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Terminator. Terminator. The Oscar bait version of the Terminator. Right. Oscar bait version of the Terminator. Okay. Well, it's one of two. Yeah, one of two actors. I'd say the Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah. Or Patrick Stewart. Ah. Okay. Right. I've got the Stewart as well. Oh, right. I have yeah, gone okay. for Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I, after all the problems they've had with diversity in the Oscars recently, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. they need to change it up a bit. Okay. So I don't go for a female Terminator. Oh, it's been oh, done yeah. before. Oh, but yeah. 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 No. I, uh, I thought a female Terminator. Somebody really popular but will uh, really have that gravitas to oh, Karen Gillan <laughs> <laughs> well she plays Nebula in yeah the exactly year. she does yeah, Nebula yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I can see her winning an Oscar for no, no, no disrespect no disrespect to Miss Gillan but is she at the moment in her position in her career is she Oscar material this I think is she question. is yeah um, particularly with the current climate mm-hmm. well yeah the other yeah. the Me Too faction yeah. it, t- it touches all the bases uh, okay yeah. okay uh, last but not least Mr. Reese Carl Reese, who have you? Ah. Well, okay, the obvious one, really. The ultimate uh, method actor. Mm hmm. Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, I can see that. I can see. I, I have gone along similar lines of you as as the method actor, the mm-hmm. the one who would live the actual role. Yep. Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, for the Oscar-winning performances of Kyle Reese, I'd say Anthony Andrews. <laughs> no, sure that is. Uh, well, Brighthead revisited. I mean, as I say, sort of, it would just make a change for him being uh, Kyle Reese and not clutching a teddy bear all the time. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, for the um, popular, the popcorn, mm-hmm. get yeah. the m- bums on seats, get the mm-hmm. money in. Okay. Who mm-hmm. have we gone for for Sarah Connor? Me? Well, I've gone for a popular choice, I think. She, she's a really popular character. She, she would bring in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, didn't work so well with Ghostbusters, but never mind. Yeah. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Popular. Popular. Funny. I think we might be strolling into a little bit perverse myself, but okay. No, no, no. Mm. I, I no. Can, you can see her as the the early Sarah Connor, particularly, as yeah. the, the waitress sort of. Yeah, yeah. So she, she'd she have that, that arc. Yeah. Which mm. Sarah Connor needs, really. She, yeah. she needs to start oh, yeah. off as yeah. a nobody yeah. and then become mm. yeah. the most important person in the in the world or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, well, for my, my own choice for popular, mm-hmm. she has appeared in a lot of popular movies recently. A lot of uh, uh, high-spinning, money-grabbing uh, movies. Yeah. Mm. Uh, she has shown the ability that she can actually act and, and do a progressive character arc. Mm-hmm. And you would be most happy of this. I've actually chosen Karen Gillan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. She, again, a lot of popular movies yeah. she's been in, so she's, it's been proven that she can get money into the theatre. She theater. was, a, yeah, the biggest box office grossing actress of last year, 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, as quite, I say... Quite an informed choice. As, as you say, the, the character arc in there, yeah. which I believe she can quite effectively pull off. Well, we've seen her play a more down-to-earth character yeah. and, you know, a very hard character. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's only a short step from acid-drawing monsters and facehuggers to a you know, cyborg creature, but, you know, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So again, popular character, gets yeah, so money. Yeah, strong Cameron fem- yeah, female role. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, who we got now? We got uh, Terminator. The Terminator. For, the popular Terminator. The so. pop- the popcorn. You, you, yeah, you can't choose mm. the original actor. You have to no. go to someone else. So. Yeah. Mm. So it can't be Arnie. No. Somebody that's popular, be a bit offbeat. People will think, that's a bit weird. I've got to go see that. How's that going to work? It's got to be Tony Slattery. <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, I think you're confusing mortal to perverse. Yeah, then, then, uh, yeah. Well, if you really want me to see me shouting abuse at the screen, then when you wonder why you chased by Tony Slattery, it's yeah. a terrible, terrible face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My, myself, again, I'm looking at money. Mm. He he has been in quite a few popular uh, money spinning films and a few franchises. So I'm going for The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Okay. Yeah, yeah equally mus- muscle bound yeah. as. Uh, no, I've got him under arm. prestige. I don't think any of our categories mixed up here. <laughs> <laughs> right, I have. Yeah, so sort of his heyday was in the eighties and the early nineties, with the uh, the time of film the film was set. I mean, I say when it was shot. I'd have to say sort of Kevin Costner with the mullet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. At the time. I suppose, mm, yeah. yeah. And again, Mr. Reese. Popcorn, I'd say, yeah. ooh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> in his footloose days. In, in the football loose days, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Myself, again, he's appeared in quite a few popular films. Uh, also, uh, there's one or two duds in there, I will acknowledge, but he, I think he's a very fine actor and can do what he needs to do. Carl Urban. Okay. I hope I'm yeah. pronouncing that correctly. Mm-hmm. But Right. I think like, these categories are wrong, because I've got Oscar bait, Prestige and Pop. Popcorn is a perverse one to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. These are all the yeah. perverse ones I'm doing here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you all doing? Okay. You're doing Prestige, I think. Uh, no, we're doing, we're doing popcorn. We're mm, doing popcorn, money. Yeah. Money. Money, bums on seats. That's prestige, isn't it, though? No, no, prestige will be uh, the Oscar. No, that, that Oscar bait, prestige and popcorn, uh, three categories. Okay, okay. Well, I'm doesn't doing, matter, we'll go on. I'm doing we'll go- Oscar, popcorn, and what the fuck. Yeah, yeah well, okay. it doesn't, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Mm, okay. So anyway, where were we? Uh, my popcorn, which is a perverse one, I think. <laughs> yeah, so we'll I'm go for that. A step a bit. We'll go for it. Is uh, Samuel Barnett. Who? Who plays uh, Dirk Gently in the... Ah! <laughs> yeah. Carl Reese would be kind of funny, you can see him as a bumbling yeah, sort yeah, of... Um, Oh, yeah. Scream a lot, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And flap his hands a lot, yeah. yeah. So this is what the what the f- yeah. yeah. This is the what the f- gonna have to sort these titles yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. We'll go with it now. We'll go with it for okay. now. But mm-hmm. okay, um, for my what the f- yeah, for uh, Kyle Reese, it has to be William Shatner. <laughs> Yeah, could you imagine the love scene between her, you know, him and? Uh... <laughs> I, I'm sure he could. <laughs> or the Meryl Streep or Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I'm sure he could. Or my what the f- choice for uh, Sarah Connor? Yeah, yeah. right. Who uh, I shall? Yeah, okay. Uh, What's your um, your last one for the Terminator for you? My last one is the Prestige one. Yeah. So it was as as you had Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now again, it's that's it's, it seems it, like an obvious one. Yeah. It's going to get people in. Yeah. Because they like the rock. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, your perverse? Uh, my perverse, um, Earl, Bo- uh, Earl Bowen, who played Dr. Silverman. He thinks he, he's seen a Terminator, but he is the Terminator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my perverse, he's been cited as a perverse character anyway, Gerard Leto. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think that, that sums it up. That's the response I was looking for. He wasn't too bad in uh, Blade Runner, but... Uh, yeah, mm. I'm going for his uh, his yeah. Joker action. Oh, oh dear. Uh, right. Sarah Connor? Sarah Connor, my what the flip selection yeah. would be uh, Joan Rivers. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> I, I have gone controversial here. Oh. She is an actress because she has acted in things. Okay, in things. <laughs> the Queen? <laughs> no, no. Gemma Jameson. Who? It's a porn star. Okay. But <laughs> okay. I'm glad. I'm glad Karen isn't here because she can't ask where I know that name. From. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, who are we on? Sarah Connor? Yep. Okay, is my prestige run again. Yep. Oh. Okay. So, Natalie Portman. Yes, yeah, I can you see know. that. I can see that. Yeah. Again, a popular character. Yeah, yeah, again, been on a few well-known, well-liked films. Yep, yep, and uh, she can do the range. Yep. No, no question. Yep. Okay. Um, so it's finally Carl Finally Carl Reese. Mm, yeah, so William Shatner. William was Shatner, my, yeah. okay. Mm. My one, mm-hmm. John Senna. He's a mm. WWF <laughs> star who's just beginning to break into acting. So we got we got a nice thin we got a nice thin skinny tidgy Terminator yeah. and a muscle bound <laughs> Carl Reese. Okay, a bit like T two really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just trying to imagine the love scene between William Shatner and John. Don't, <laughs> just just don't, don't go there. Don't go there. What, what's your final one? My final prestige again. Uh, it's Bruce Willis. That's Kyle Reese. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see in his heyday. I, yeah, I can yeah see absolutely. That. Not, not so much nowadays, but yeah, uh, not, not, more, yeah. more eighties sort of. What his vest? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Die Hard sort of Die yeah. Hard two era. Yeah, sort of thing. yeah. I, no, I, mm-hmm. I can see that. I can mm-hmm. see that. I'll allow. I will allow that as it's my game. I will allow that. <laughs> yeah, we definitely sort out the categories, but yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll sort this out better next time. <laughs> what do we do next time? I don't know. What's film next? Oh, if you have any suggestions, I do. Oh, yes. But uh, yeah. If you have any suggestions for what our the recasting couch yeah, topic should be next time, send them in to us at show at staggering stories dot net. <laughs> Each get two. Hello again, you lovely, lovely, lovely people. We have been watching something, something that is a blast from the past. Mm. Big time, yes. Something that I'm not even sure everyone has watched. Probably not. There. Probably not, because it's quite... Pretty sure not everybody on the podcast has watched. Yeah. All of us here have. All, all of yep. I, I know, um, I have the sneaking suspicion that uh, Karen took those council meetings so she didn't have to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but we have been watching 1987's Star Cops. Ooh. Now, we've got feedback, which we're, we're due first here, yeah. just so we can comment on it, maybe as it goes along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we should quickly say it's a BBC Two series, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. 1987, yep. from July and August 1987, so 31 years old now. Yeah. It ran for nine episodes. Nine episodes. Mm-hmm. And it should have been ten. Well, yeah, ten, yeah. And it didn't get renewed to a second season, unfortunately. The infamous BBC strikes took one episode took down. one episode, yes. And I've been a big fan for a very long time, and uh, most people don't know about it at all re-watching it i'm recognizing a few inspirations for your role-playing characters oh really yeah I, i'm not aware of that maybe subconscious i don't know anyway but we have some uh, some notes here from a certain ian mccardle who has been on the podcast before yeah. hello ian hello ian mm. old friend of mine yes from way 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 back far too long yes. back yeah many, many from about 41 years or so now <laughs> probably something like shall i break out the alcohol now yeah. or later yeah. Anyway. So he writes, so we we do this in turns maybe, so it's not all just one big load of text. Some notes on Star Cops. First up, it's probably worth admitting that Star Cops is one of my favourite series ever. Like Doctor, I find the end of series watchable and always seems to spot something new. So first, let's slay a few dragons. Okay, I've heard it suggested that Star Cops was designed to replace Doctor Who. I think that might just be a matter of timing. Yeah. It 
aired on July and August 1987 mm. after The Beeb had ousted Colin and finished its run only days before we saw Sylvester on screen. Yep. He de- debuted on the 7th of September. Star Crops was a drama department programme for BBC Two. Quite a different production, but not particularly aimed at the family audience. Mm. Also, Star Crops had been in, uh, gestating as an idea, initially a ro- radio drama, for a number of years. Mm-hmm. The whole replacement for Doctor Who notion was about tripods too and to be honest that feels a bit more likely yeah i i would just like to point out my own point of view is yes at the time there was a very strong feeling amongst the who community certainly anti-tripods and anti-star cops simply because of it was designed as a replacement mm, as a, that was the thought well more of a filler than anything else yeah. because um i've read the original tripod novels by john christopher so have i and to say in the series, there is a hell of a lot of padding there. Really <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. As Ian says, you, you can see it more with Tripods. Tripods was yeah. aimed at a family audience. Mm. I think it was a Sunday tea time yeah. thing rather than Saturday, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. With that slot. But that was always going to be a limited series. Yeah. Whereas Dog 2 is an unlimited series. Yeah. Mm. yeah. By its very nature. So, yeah, I can see why people might be concerned the money was going elsewhere. Maybe BBC would only ever do one science fiction show at a time and that would be Star Cops instead of Doctor Who. But well, there was... Yeah. There was this, you were constantly told by the BBC that science fiction is not popular. But this is the time when time. they're bringing in Red Dwarf. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not... Okay, Blake Seven had been killed off a few years before. Yeah. But yeah. I, I am not denying that. Personally, I'm, not, I'm just repeating the rhetoric yeah. that was coming from the BBC. And I do have to say... Personally, I remember one of the conventions I was going to, Leisure High. They used to pipe various music through the sound system. Mm-hmm. Mostly it was Doctor Who tracks, because so I, I think the Doctor Who, the music was out at that point in time. <laughs> the it's one probably, album. Yeah. It's probably about the only one. <laughs> but they also played uh, the theme to Star Cops. Yep. And I remember, very vividly remember everyone booing. It's not a great theme tune, though. But <laughs> yeah, it's not a great well, theme tune. Talking of which. Yeah, I think we'll get into that, that yeah. a little bit later. <laughs> the theme tune. Notice... <laughs> No discussion of Star Cops is complete without a slagging off you know, for the Justin Hayward of the Moody Blues theme. I didn't know that, actually. It's Justin Hayward. It is, yeah. yeah. Personally, I quite like it, and the lyrics did have some resonance with events in Nathan's life in the first couple of episodes. It, they do, yeah. Look how popular the Star Trek Enterprise theme was. Mm-hmm. Do sci-fi fans simply have a problem with lyrics? Probably. Mm. I think, yeah, I think... It's just weird to have a popular beat for pop music. Well, most, music as, as a, most shows, most shows ha- don't have any lyrics to it. So it's a piece of music. Generally, there yeah, are exceptions. Mo- I, I just say, most. I know there's always the exception to the yeah. rule, but... Star Trek's got lyrics. <laughs> they weren't played. <laughs> they were. They were sort of thinking about it. I, possibly a good thing. That's probably mm. why Star Trek's so popular. Yeah, Enterprise <laughs> wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I don't mind the theme tune because I've been watching it for thirty odd yeah. years now, I and mean, it feels it's, part and parcel. But it's ingrained. Mm. In well, yeah. But it, yeah, probably been better if they hadn't done that. Yeah. Particularly given the lyrics do talk about events that don't make any sense until the end of episode two. Yeah. Mm. So you're going there watching the first episode. What is this? Just a random pop song. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with anything. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, and he continues. The effects. <laughs> yes, the Kirby wires and those early weightless scenes. Uh, but things settle down once the action shifts to Moonbase. And some of it stands up really well. Particularly the Moon Rover, used on only a few occasions. We forgive Doctor for much yeah. worse. Yeah. I can't see why it's a bar to enjoy the stories. Yeah, I agree. Some of the green screen particularly bad. Yeah. But all- it mm. was true with Doctor as well at that time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Recently watching the thing on YouTube at the moment. Yeah 
yes, it picks up enormously once they stop pretending to be in zero G. Yeah. I mean, there is... I don't know how they could have avoided that. Uh, no, that that's the trouble. That that It's the nature of the beast. And fortunately, I think they recognised that and got out of the uh, space station pretty damn quick. Because in the second episode, they we still have a few uh, wire yeah. work, but they're moving on to the moon base. Yeah. Throughout the entire series, there are bits of weightlessness. Yeah. Because they're not always on the moon. Yeah. Some episodes are entirely on the moon, but some you're still going up to stations. Yeah. So you can't avoid it because it is real world physics. That's... They don't have anti-grav. Yeah. It's near future. It is pretty much tech as we have it now. Mm-hmm. As a show, it's probably fair to say that Star Cops was just damned unlucky. It was given a summer death slot and then industrial action knocked out in episode two. No sharder here. Hmm. They didn't get past rehearsals, but it was a murder mystery and sounded like it might have been fun. Yeah, I don't know much about the missing episode. Yeah, it's meant to be a bit Agatha Christie-ish, I think. Yeah, I, I oh, right. literally only just found out, watching that documentary you had on earlier, I literally only just found out that it was... Uh, lost an episode yeah although i think it wouldn't have been the last one broadcast yeah i think it would have been penultimate maybe yeah because the last one broadcast does feel like the end of a season yeah it's it's setting it up for the next stage yeah. maybe it doesn't matter too much that we lost it but it's a shame to lose any of them yeah also now legendary are the tensions between creator chris boucher and producer Eugenie uh Gridneff. Mm. Boucher written Doctor Who, mm. The Ropes of Death, The Face of Evil, Image of the Fendal, plus written a ton of Blake Seven and been its script editor throughout. He had also written some detective shows like Shoestring, Juliet Bravo and Bergerac. Gridneff had script-edited Tenko and went on to write for The House of Elliot. I think they had genu- genuinely had different visions for the show. Also, Boucher had planned to write all of it, but Gridneff brought in others. Mm. They, they say in the documentary you can see on the screen the, the problems behind the scenes. I'm not sure mm. that's entirely true. Obviously, the actors are the they're more, steeped in it, yeah, so when they watch it. it back, they yeah. will remember the behind-the-scenes stuff, yeah. which we aren't necessarily aware of. But you can definitely tell some episodes are shot differently to others. Yeah. With Kezer Andazani director. Harper, Graham Harper. Graham Harper, yeah. He, he did about half of them, maybe, and he did bring the lighting right down to try to hide the uh, the, the cheapness of the sets, which mm. is, you know, standard fare for BBC, yeah. particularly BBC science fiction. Mm. Obviously, sort of uh, the special effects you know, moved on from Blake 7, which you know, which I associate Chris Boucher with, you know, sort of... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah and Blake 7 a, is, is far, far worse than anything that uh, Star Cops had at its worst. Yeah. I must say, I mean, the actual design of the uh, sort of French space, space station and the ships... Oh, the model works in great. Oh, the model works. Yeah, it's very good. As to say, I mean, it's very realistic as well. I mean, because yeah. the, uh, what's it, the uh, Charles de Gaulle? Yeah. yeah. Is that the, uh, the European station? station. It's very much like the ISS, don't they? That yeah. does. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I love the yeah. um, the Daedalus and the other freighter ships. Mm, yes. Is they are not quite eagles, but... They are very modular in design. Yeah, they're not yeah. eagles from Space 99, but they seem to share an ancestry. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very functional in their yeah. design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pods which obviously get dropped down to the moon and mm, lift back it. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Really good design work. What you can do is I feel the sci-fi is often just a backdrop. It's a police procedural dealing with all the messy vices of humanity, greed and corruption, both personal and corporate, on the high frontier. It seems like a very well-conceived world too. From on-screen to PR graphics, there's consistent feel. The dialogue just sings at times too, with little ongoing gags. Out there, not up there, for example. <laughs> yeah. The dialogue, particularly in the Chris Boucher ones, some yeah. 
yeah. the dialogue is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interplay between the characters is wonderful. Mm. One thing I must say, sort of the show has been very uh, precinct. You know, Box. Yeah, as we now have mm, the Echo Alexa. and mm. Google Home and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see how that technology we have now will evolve into Nathan Spring's little personal assistant yeah. box. It's also the quite interesting. We can only work, declare this now looking back, but the, the missteps, the fact that they've got a communicator telly on a trolley at the restaurant. Yeah. Not yeah. a person. Yeah. But that only comes with hindsight. Yeah, it was only oh, when yeah. I watched it this past few weeks, it really even stood out to me as being a bit weird. Yeah. Because when I last saw it, which was a few years ago, even then I might have had a mobile phone or something, but thinking of watching iPlayer or something on it yeah. back then, mm. probably a bit weird. Yeah. But now, yeah, you wouldn't ask a restaurant, bring me a TV so I can watch the, the breaking news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just get out your phone yeah. <laughs> and just watch it on that. Yeah. yeah. But there's no way at that time they could have guessed that that technology would no. come so popular. Nobody did really. No. So I'm, I'm willing to forgive that. It's, it's, it's a nice view, but I'm willing to forgive, to forgive missteps like that. Yeah. As ever, any science fiction is always that time's view of yeah. the future. Yeah. Mm. So it, it looks more like that period than it does mm. any future which That's really it. comes about. Yeah. Uh, the sh- show had a strong international feel, not only in the cast and the guest cast, but where the stories take us. There are some problematic stereotypes, yeah. though, which stick out a lot more now than they did then. Yep. <laughs> the show's reputation of other nationalities is not subtle. No. Italian mobsters, subservient Japanese, closed-minded Arabs. That said, the Americans seem to get as much of the drubbing as the Russians, yeah. especially from Chris Boucher. Oh, yeah, episode four particularly, yeah. <laughs> of course, there's... Divas's ongoing sexism and casual racism too, yep. although that usually gets called out and he tends to be the butt of the jokes. Yeah, the characters are... Uh... I was quite liking Divas, you know. Yeah, he's a... a very likeable character, <laughs> yeah. although... Yes, he has some... He's very unreformed. He's, he's a bit like Gene Hunt yeah. in some ways. He's that sort of old-fashioned copper. Copper, yeah. Old school, yeah. If I can't scratch a window from, with it, I don't accept it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, but there again, one thing that did make me laugh out loud was the op- in the opening moments of the first episode on the Charles de Gaulle um, you see the guy seated at the console and you have the American guy yep. you know, sort of floating right over this guy's head so the guy seated at the console almost gets a face full of this guy's crotch I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that happens on the ISS quite a lot <laughs> I'm sure that does <laughs> quite small rooms mm. <laughs> just glide over people's heads like that <laughs> I particularly enjoy the pulling together of the team over Boucher's opening quartet of episodes. Mm. It's not unlike the slow build of Blake 7. The mm. Star Cops are a bunch of part-timers until spring comes along, albeit unwillingly. Some days, try as you might, nothing goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. He takes a chance on Thoreau, then Devis and can't get rid of Kenzie, despite the fact she's a bent copper. Yeah, they are great characters. They're, they're very well drawn. Yeah. Very distinct. Which right. makes it all the more amazing that in the final episode, they've taken a lot of Theroux's dialogue and split it between some of the other characters because the actor couldn't be there. Chicken pox, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, chicken pox, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That is one thing I do find very prevalent in British science fiction, especially sort of, uh, sort of their 70s and 80s. The episodes are very character-driven, even though yeah. it might be a futuristic setting. You know, sort of the special effects, you know, sort of obviously sort of uh, the space stations and such, they take a back seat. Yeah, to mm. the sort of interplay between the characters and the uh, scenarios. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably the more interesting thing. You want to see the mm. interesting characters mm, do yeah. interesting things together. Mm. That's the trouble. If they can't put all their eggs in what they think would be the special effects department, they put all their eggs in the character department. They don't yeah. spread it mm. overall. Recently, you can get some quite flashy, spectacular-looking shows that have no characters. To yeah, them. all too much of a problem nowadays. Yeah, really, if you've got a decent plot and you've got good characters, yeah, you can overlook a lot of well, that, problems with. 
special effects and budgets. I've, I've always said, if the story's no good, everything else is just window dressing. Mm, yeah. yeah. Talking of Boucher, Ian continues here. His episode titles are Fantastic 2, An Instinct for Murder, Conversations with the Dead, Intelligent Listening for Beginners, Trivial Games and Paranoid Pursuits. <laughs> Little Green Men and Other Martians. All which are great episodes, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the other episodes have plenty to offer, too. This case by Philip Martin is a bit of a mess. He also penned a lost episode. Then the Anna Shun character is a bit weak. Although she does have a bit of an arc through the John Collie episodes. Not entirely convinced that the show needs another regular. That said, she is what amounts to a rookie cop, and the idea is a sound one. Interestingly, John Colley then went on to co-write Master and Commander and Happy Feet. Blimey. <laughs> he certainly got range. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, all the nine episodes, the five written by Boucher, are definitely the, the, the cream of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although the penultimate one by John Colley is also really good I think much of the show hangs on Nathan David Collier Calder such a strong central performance not a natural spaceman by any means oh good grief no I'd like to break out I think that is an understatement oh yeah he the, the character it's a job but he hates being there mm. yeah he's yeah, like he's got nowhere left to go really yeah um, uh, Spring is an honest goodness cynical copper who believes in real detective work and then the the delights of Box the Google assistant with the edge which needles Nathan and seems to delight in throwing his own phases back at him. You have often said, pass. <laughs> that is something that certainly struck me from the first episode, mm. where you've got the case of the drowning, oh, where yeah. yes. they, they've crunched the numbers through the computer and the computer says it's suicide, but there's something tiggling at the back of his head. Mm. Spring is more of an instinctive yeah. detective, yeah. whereas it seems like the rest of the police, they all rely on the computer now yeah. to, yeah, to, to, to run the numbers. on technology. So that, yeah. that, watching the, that idea, unfortunately, fell out in the later episodes. I'm not sure if it was down to Chris Belcher or these other people coming in, but it isn't, they don't look at the numbers first, so to speak. Mm. Could be the fact that it's now Nathan in charge and not people above him. Yeah, now he's the commander of the International Space Police Force, the Star Cops. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, sort of with him, it was very much promotion at the the barrel of a gun. Yeah, it's up to him whether he wants to listen to the computers or not, and he he doesn't, Mm. generally. He was eased out of his job on Earth Mm. by his, um, what's his, uh, his uh, next in line, wasn't it? No, his immediate supervisor mm. and probably the next in line Yeah, he was down. squeezed out really, wasn't mm, he? That's yeah. right. So, Above yeah, and below. He had nowhere to, he had nowhere to go. Yeah. yeah. Star Cops was just dripping with potential and finding its feet. It's criminal that they didn't get a second uh, run, as it could have been stellar. And thank goodness for Big Finish. We should talk about the Big Finish ones at some point. They're, they're very good too. I'd good like- to hear the old... Lots of the old cast back in here, not all of them, but... And so I'd like to point out my own observations. Production and costume-wise, I don't think it's dated very much. You don't, no. you don't get... A, admittedly, you don't get a lot of shots with him out with other civil, civvies. Yeah, yeah. But the fashions is fairly nebulous. It's not 21st century silver foil, no. and it's not <laughs> 1980s broad shoulder. Mm. The Star Cops uniform is very much like a NASA... Jumpsuit. Mm, yeah, yeah jumpsuit. Jump, yeah. Blue jumpsuit. Yeah, but how come him and his wife always used to go to the same restaurant it's because he thought she loved it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. i think it was slow so it's certainly for modern day it's slow i think it was slow for the period it's for the 80s b I think it's, some it's, are slow than others yeah mm. it's its first series
is. So it was fine. Yeah. It was finding its feet. I think the first couple of episodes are slower than yeah. some of the ones which come later. The, yeah. the final episode particularly is, is not at all slow. I, I, in fact, I, you might have trouble keeping up with it. I, I have yet to get up to the yeah. final episodes. I'm, I'm around about episode seven. So it could have done with losing a few minutes. The, the, to my mind, there does seem to be a lot of, look at this wonderful special effect we've done. Let us look at it long and appreciate it. <laughs> when it could have been just sort of a few quick clips just to establish yeah that's mm, my probably pers- true yeah. that is my personal point of view but that would have i think that would have gone and they would have tightened it up a lot in a second season probably these are 51 minutes yeah. on average which is quite long by today's standards where yeah. most even doctor well, doctor's going back to 50 minutes now isn't it but, yeah but it was 42 ish yeah yeah for most of new who's run so yeah it, there, there was potential there it, yeah. it, it could have done there's a lot that could needed to be changed and rearranged but also there's a lot that had stood the test of time mm, oh and yeah. they, they could profit from there was there was gems there get a decent enough writer and they had a really good mm, yeah. writer oh good grief yeah. yeah but there again it, it was a victim of outside circumstances unfortunately it was and okay there is this thing about it was taking money away from doctor or whatever but i don't really understand what the backlash is for example fake keith refuses to even watch it mm. i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's a certain prejudice against it for, yeah. i don't understand stealing doctor who's thunder mm. well it's not even that it's just it's got a reputation mm-hmm. and that keeps people away from it and uh, yeah. it's a shame yeah because i mean it did have the potential to be a very good series yeah, yeah. yeah. And it is one which is a bit odd. I personally, I quite like detective yeah. programs. Not all, but mm. but then things like Shark are very popular with Doctor Who fans for obvious yeah. reasons. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely a bit of a crossover there. So I think science fiction and detective can work. It did work brilliantly. It, it did work. When, when it cooked, it was spectacular. Yeah. As I said, there's at least more episodes that were better than on the, that were on the ball than off the ball. Yeah, yeah, there were maybe a couple of extra bits subpar. Yeah. Out of nine, that's not bad batting average. <laughs> no, no. So the, some of the best ones are, are really good. I think they really stand up really well today. Particularly episode four. Episode four is my favourite one, the uh, the American Space Station. Yeah. Some really cutting stuff in that one, as we said. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if uh, Americans will like it quite as much. Yeah, it's that, is, that one is one which is quite stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. it's quite amusingly done. And the final episode, I just watched it before the podcast. It's still brilliant. I haven't seen that one in years. And I remembered it being really good, and it, it still is. I shall have to catch up. I remember certain bits of it. So I know I saw the entire run when it was first broadcast. Ah, okay. But I, I haven't seen it since it was first broadcast. Oh, mm-hmm. It's a long time ago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's really hard to get hold of now. Fortunately, it is on YouTube. Yeah, there, there was a couple posted up on mm, YouTube. Yeah, so. that's, why, that's where I watched them. Yeah. But if you want the DVDs, you're looking at a lot of money to, to buy secondhand mm. copies of the DVDs. But Big Finish have released the first of their box sets. Yes. I do recommend it. It's only got three, arguably four, of the characters from the original series in it. Yeah. If you include box sets for. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, the guy who played Theroux died back in 1999. Mm. Anna Shun isn't in it. She isn't a great loss, frankly. She was an under- She was a latecomer. Wasn't she was a latecomer. Yeah. Her character wasn't created by Boucher, and she's not a great character. I don't know why it went wrong there. But the other characters are all great, and uh, certainly Kenzie, Spring, and Devis are back. The base commander, I think, died as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Why, why, why are all Australians like Tegan? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that struck me. Just Australian with women. Kenzie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. She's oh, definitely well. a piece of work. <laughs> oh, well. But definitely recommend seeking it out. Yes. Oh, yes. Give, give it a, a fair, fair crack of the whip. Don't just uh, dismiss it. 
I'd like to point out at this point in time that uh, the Monday of last week or Wednesday of last week, El Presidente put out a little shout mm. on Facebook, books of faces, for people's memories of Star Cops. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, we've had a response. We've had a couple, yeah. Yeah. Which is nice, thank yeah. you. Both of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So instead of our usual uh, feedback for letters, we have feedback for Star Cops. Ooh, it's feedback. It's feedback. We have one here from Andrew Summersgill. Hello, Hello Andrew. Andrew. Sister type. I could tell you about how I made an enormous eight foot by three foot cover for my window. So it looked like I was on a moon base looking out over the grey dunes <laughs> with the earth rising in the distance. Yeah. Or the Chandri branded card entry swiper I made out of cardboard on the door to my room. <laughs> or the fact that the first PDA type thing I ever bought was a whopping 32k of memory. <gasps> I named Box. Yeah, I did the same. <laughs> <laughs> or the fact I still turn bits of the incidental music to myself at suitable moments of intrigue or mystery. Um, mm. This this begs the question of how many suitable moments of intrigue and mystery do you have in your life mm. and why? Mm. <laughs> All the ISPF and Moonbase patches are made for my coat out of paper. <laughs> And the stuff you wrap books in long before I bought real ones. Oh, real ones. I'm just getting real ones. Mm. <laughs> and I occasionally come out with random quotes from the show that no one ever recognises. Yeah, me too. I, not so much nowadays, but I used to quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, something that's just, while reading this, has just reminded me. Yeah, the, me too. The special effects, the sounds of computer bleeping. Oh, yeah. I had a record. With those effects. With mm. those sound yep. effects on. <laughs> they originally, they originated from, uh, according to the sleeve notes, from a radio show called Earth Search. Mm. Oh, oh, right, oh, yes. yes. And Earth Search, I think, is the reason why it didn't get taken up as a radio play. Ah. So that's how it ended up as a TV program. Because yeah. Earth Search was their big thing at the time, at Radio the time, 4. It was, yeah. As their science fiction thing, so they weren't going to do Stark Ops as a radio yeah. series. So it became a TV series. And he mentions there the incidental music. Yeah. It's a bit hit or miss incidental music. It's yes. particularly cringeworthy when it's comedy music. Yeah. Mm, yes. They really underline the comedy, really bad yeah. comedy music yeah. sometimes yeah. in Star Cops. That's a real, it, real shame. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be great to rescore some of those it bits. Needs, it needs a deaf <laughs> lightness of touch. No, it doesn't. Yes. It just goes a bit not weird. Laying it on with a bit, trowel. Yeah. Comedy trombone. Oh, almost. No. Well, not quite that bad. But, but, yeah. 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 <laughs> And finally, we have one here from Elizabeth. Hello, Hello Elizabeth. Elizabeth. It's been a while. How are you doing? Hi, Staggerers. Greetings from Dave and me in very hot and sunny Florida. Hi, Dave. Hello from very, very hot, hot and, and very sunny, sunny in Crawley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As Adam asks for memories of Star Cops, here are mine. Ooh. Growing up, our PBS channel played sci-fi Saturday nights. Red Dwarf, Blake Seven, Star Cops and Doctor Who. My younger sister and I would be allowed to stay up late and watch the shows. This is back in the mid-90s. We often set the VCR for hours in case we fell asleep. <laughs> Star Cops caught my attention as a mystery show, since I love detectives. The crime-solving is satisfying. I also vividly remembered being amazed at the upside-down anti-gravity shots. I vaguely remember a plot point of sabotage on a vehicle, I think. Also, when they went down to the moon, it felt less fun. Hmm. For years afterwards, I half thought I'd imagined the show, since no one else knew about Cops in Space when I mentioned it. <laughs> I haven't seen the show in probably 20 years, but the show has stuck in my imagination all these years. I look forward to listening to your talk about it and seeing which bells ring in my memory. 
Enjoy, Elizabeth. Mm, thank you, Elizabeth. Wow, thank it's you. Mm, 20 years. You definitely need to rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And Mind you, your memories of great anti-gravity yeah. effects probably be shattered. <laughs> Mem- mem- well, yeah. Rose-tinted goggles of memory. Yeah. Huh? Memory yeah. does cheat. Yeah. Not only me. memory, but also you've now got a much bigger screen than you probably had back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all the fine, mm, th- intricate yes. details now going to be slightly fuzzy. Yeah. Or glaringly obvious. Yeah. But even so, hopefully we'll put the uh, YouTube link up on the show notes I've only recently been putting them up yeah I've, I've had a look on YouTube it's only been in the last two weeks yeah I know yeah. Really yeah. interesting timing I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've been prompted by the big finishes yeah a lot be. of new interest and people can't buy the DVDs speaking from my experience from the original Lost in Space yeah wait until everyone's gone to bed <laughs> then play it just by yourself I think you're probably better off with Starcops the, the plots really do still hang yeah. together yeah. Yeah. The, and like I said the stories if you, if you look beyond what you can see yeah. if you understand me and concentrate on the stories it yeah. still then holds you can't go far wrong yeah. you can definitely see this done to a budget oh god mm. yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. but you can look past it too yeah. I think where some of the loss of space the, story, the stories haven't yeah, aged the well the story weren't, weren't good either so, <laughs> so yeah. I was on to a loser completely there yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. that's the end of the feedback I think unfortunately yeah, yeah. yeah but like of course if you want to send any for next time please <laughs> <laughs> you can send it to show at staggering stories dots net well is that it crumbles that certainly is anyway dear listeners that brings us to the end of another podcast b for box (laughs) i was waiting for a or a oh okay (laughs) (laughs) thank you but never fear in the next one there'll be more of the same more fun frivolity and jollity more news and reviews more who old and new so until that beguiling Boogifying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bewildering. Blossoming. Bubonic. Busty. <laughs> Bedevilment. Bedraggled. Bewildering. <laughs> Bodge up. Comes. Comes. <laughs> Blundering towards us. <laughs> this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Goodbye. Oh, bye-bye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, Series 1, Number 293, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Now, where's my tea? I'm ready. Are you ready? We are ready. Okay. Going up. Clarks. Just imagine the numerous documentaries. Oh, oh, hang on. Let me try that again. I've really screwed that up. I do apologise. Akanola has previously scored such films as Dear Mr. Shakespeare, A Moving Image... So by all means, use Google if you can't remember the name. You can remember the actor, but you can't remember what film. All of these completely scatological anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, God, that's the whole point of it. (laughs) Mr. Hanky. (laughs) (laughs) Reminds me a lot of Kriat. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Box is an odd one. Yeah. It's implied there's some level of AI there, which other machines don't quite get to the same level. Yeah. But it's, Closer you get as the PR computers. Yeah, but it's it's the way he speaks and makes various statements. I'm thinking Kriak could be that could be Kriak. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
Which just leaves one question to answer. Anyone for Mars?